0: How's everybody doing?
1: Good.
0: Look at the man next to you say, how you doing? Good. Ask him, do you love Jesus? Yes. Amen, amen. It's good to be here. I think so Conference has been really, really good. Can you say amen this morning?
1: Amen.
0: We're going to have a good time in the Lord today. How many know that our world today needs men? Yes. Our world today don't only need men, but we need committed men today in today's world. So today what I want to talk to you about is that word called dedication. Everybody say dedication. Dedication. We're dedicated as men to a lot of things. But what I see is when it comes to being dedicated to God, that's probably what we lack a lot. Oh, I stepped on toes right there. So let me go ahead, before I start, before I start with my text, let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes. Let's pray uh, reverence to God this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now, God. I thank you right now, Lord, for each and every man in this place today, God. I pray, Lord, that where we're weak, God, that you would give us strength, God. Lord, what we lack, God, the Lord, that you would fill in, God. Lord, where we lack, wisdom, God, that you would give us wisdom right now, God. Challenge every man's heart in this place today, God, to take their relationship, God, with you, God, to the next level, God. And this morning, God, we be sure, God, to give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus and the men of God in this house say this morning, Amen. Amen. Are you guys ready today? Dedicated. Dedicated to serve. Now, you know, me, myself, when I first got saved here, it's been quite a long time ago, more than two decades ago, I always had this mentality is that, hey, it's either I'm all in or I'm all out. Tell the man next to you, are you all in or all all out? So I want you to understand one thing. If you're all in, that means at all costs. Think about this. Everything's not going to be hunky-dory all the time. And what I mean by that is everything's not going to go smooth in your way, in the way you plan it, in the way you think all the time. Because what? Things are subject to change. You've got to understand that. To be dedicated, dedicated is this. It's a person devoted to a task or a purpose. Having single-minded loyalty or integrity. So our loyalty, our dedication should be to God. Christ Jesus first and foremost over everything else. Amen. Here's an example a team of doctors. Now when you go into a doctor's office, right? And you this doctor's dedicated to the surgery that you and I need. See, what you gotta understand that Jesus was dedicated to the surgery that we needed. Amen. When he died upon the cross, he became dedicated for us. He dedicated his law, his life. Jesus was all in. He was all in. Example of this is this. Someone who enjoys a particular activity very much and spends a lot of time doing it. Spend a lot of time serving God. Spend a lot of days. Spend a lot of hours. Spend a lot of time in the street witnessing pe- to people. Spend a lot of time telling people about the love of Christ. It takes dedication. Not only that, when you love something, you tell somebody about it, Right? When is the last time you told someone about Jesus? I heard Pastor Sergio say co-workers. When is the last time you told your co-worker about Jesus? When do you tell your co-workers about Jesus? If you're in a grocery store, when do you tell people about Jesus? See, this should be something that we love, that we're excited. I know when we get material things, we're excited to the point where we share and we tell somebody about it, right? Yes? How about your relationship with Christ? How about how good God has been to you? How about how God has cleaned you up and picked you up? How about how God has saw you through some of your toughest times that no one in this room has ever seen or saw, but God saw you and He brought you through. So what I want to start off with is in Daniel chapter 3, verse 13. Three Hebrew boys, they were dedicated. They were committed all the way, even if it meant losing their own life. They were dedicated. They trusted and believed in a God that he would deliver them, no matter matter what King Nebuchadnezzar was saying or trying to put on them. So in Daniel chapter 3, verse 13 through 18, it says this, Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that you do not serve my God or worship the image of gold I have set up. Verse 15. Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, and lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down, ready to fall down and worship the image I made. Very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into, bla- into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him. <clears throat> listen at this. King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you, before you in this matter. Verse 17. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, The God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Verse 18. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Shadrach, Meshach, And We can learn a lot of things from these three guys of what it means to be all in. They were all in. You know they weren't all out. You know they weren't half stepping. But they were all in. Guess what? They were willing to follow God no matter what. They were willing to follow God. Listen, they told the king that the power of God was enough to save them from the fire. They not only served him, but they believed that God would deliver him. God, they told Nebuchadnezzar that God was more powerful than Nebuchadnezzar. More powerful than him. So you've got to understand that God we serve is more powerful than anything else in this universe. See, they they, they said this. They even said this. If God does not save them or save us from this fire, guess what? They still will not obey what He's trying to get them to obey. The three Hebrew boys They were willing to pay the ultimate price. And guess what? No hesitation. No hesitation at all. They were willing to pay the ultimate price. And the price was giving their lives for the cause of Christ. You know why they were willing to do this? They looked at their relationship as something that was important. Very important. How do you look at your relationship this morning? Is your relationship important to you? Because what's important to you is important to, our, to, to God. They looked at their relationship as very, very important, important. To the point of even giving up their own life. These Hebrew boys, guess what? There's no fear in them. See, the Bible says that God didn't even give us a spirit of fear, but of love, peace and a sound mind. These guys knew what it was to serve God at all costs to the point where fear was not an option. They didn't allow fear to dictate their decision or how they were going to go about rejecting the king's orders. There was no reserves when they did this. And guess what? They had no plan B. And I know a lot of times we like to have a plan B because if plan A don't work, we'll go to plan B. Guess what? They didn't have that on their radar. There was no plan B. All in or all out. Look at the guy next to you. All in or all out. So which brings me to my first point here is the thing that you can pick up, and you pick up nothing else, is that they were committed. They were committed. That word commit, committed is this. It's the state of quality of being dedicated to a cause, activity, etc. The company committed to quality. They were sold out. They weren't sellouts, but they were sold out. <laughs> they were willing to. They weren't willing to compromise. Everybody say compromise. <clears throat> I know we live in a society that where compromise is really, really big. And what I mean by that is if you allow things to happen in your life once, you'll, you'll, you will allow, allow it to happen twice. And if you allow it to happen twice, you begin to get in this lifestyle or this relation, or this thing called compromise. So you'd be a compromiser. We don't want to compromise. How many know these, these, these three Hebrew boys? There was no compromise. They didn't even know what that meant. Compromise was not an option for them. They did not sell out. They did not sell out at all, but they stood their ground These three Hebrew boys, they refused to conform to the ways and the practices of King Nebuchadnezzar and his golden image. They said, you can tell everybody else that. It's good for them, but it's not good for me. Because the God I serve, that's not what we're we're all about. You don't know me very well, do he? (laughs) You don't know me very well, they're telling them, And King Nebuchadnezzar probably had never experienced a pushback like that. Probably have never experienced a pushback like that. Let me ask you a question. When you come up against a situation in your life, do you stand for God or do you give in to what they're trying to oppose on you? See, we have to be able to stand in the midst of fire. We have to be able to stand even though things are getting heavy. Even though things, all the odds may be against you. Stand. And see the salvation of the Lord take place in your situation. Don't cave in. Don't give in. But continue to stand. See, these three Hebrew boys, they refuse to give in. One of the things we know is that they were not swayed. They weren't swayed by nothing he said. It's like in one ear and out the other. Most of you married men know about that. When your wife says something, you don't want to hear it, it's in one ear and out the other. You guys can relate. See, I know. I understand. But if it's something you want to hear, and you take it in, right? They weren't swayed by fear. They weren't swayed by doubt. They definitely weren't swayed by uncertainty. They knew the God that they served. They understood the God that they served. They understood that he was bigger than King Nebuchadnezzar. They knew he was bigger. But you know what? King Nebuchadnezzar didn't realize that. But guess what? He would realize that through these three Hebrew boys. You know what they were? They were fully confident in the Lord. Are you fully confident in the Lord this morning, men? Are you fully confident in the Lord this morning? Well, a few of us are. But are we fully confident in the Lord and our relationship with God? We know the God that we serve. We understand the God that we serve. Daniel chapter 3 verse 17 says this. Hebrew, here, here it is. It says, We are thrown, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, guess what? The God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Boldness, confidence, assurance. They knew that God was with them. They knew, understood that God was not gonna let, let them down. They understood that. They believed and trusted God for deliverance. Can I ask you a question? What are you believing God for today? Are you believing God for any deliverance in your life? What are you believing him for? They have the all-in mindset. All-in mindset. When you serve God, that's the mindset you have to have. Because if you have anything other than that, guess what? You're not going to make it too far. You know, I got saved at a very young age. I got saved in my mid-20s, actually before my mid-20s. And guess what? It's been all in, all the time, all day, every day. That's what it's been for myself. Not boasting, not bragging, but my strength comes from the Lord. You know, I look to Him for my strength. I look to Him for my guidance. I look to Him for wisdom, understanding. That's who I look to. That's who's kept me all this time. You know, I was hearing uh, Pastor Matt, man. You know, it was such a blessing to hear this. I wish I could have been like Pastor Matt just saved and been around since I was since the age of 13 it would have saved me a lot of heartaches a lot of pain here he is He know we know the keeping power of God at 13 he's still here at 13 you know I was telling some I was telling a, a, a guy at work I was like man 13 man what was I doing at 13 matter of fact what was I doing at 12 I was already doing things that the average 12 year old knew nothing about today it would blow him out the water you know, I started a, I started this uh, this business.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: I started this non-advertisement uh, business that you could not broadcast in the sixth grade. And you know, throughout that lifespan or lifetime, you know, I always tried to do things on my own. I always tried to detour myself from that, but guess what? It followed me everywhere I went because I was trying to do it on on my own. You know, the Bible says, apart from God, you can do nothing on your own. Nothing on your own. And I realized that one day, one day later, you know, after my, my little empire started to grow a little bit, you guys get my drift? Where I had to be housed in a place that I didn't want to be. Not one where I could get up and go to the bathroom and refrigerator whenever I could. But I had to be told to. You guys know what I'm talking about. Those type of things. Now you can come out to play and things like that. But you know, one day I looked myself in the mirror one day. And I said, you know what? What do you want in life? Because guess what? Without Christ, guess what we're doing? We're just going around in circles, chasing our own tails. And guess what? We'll never catch it. We'll never catch it. So I looked myself in the mirror one day and I said, what do you want out of life? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? At this time, me and my my wife were going through a little turmoil. So one of her friends invited her to church. And you know me, uh, you know, I was a businessman. (laughs) (laughs) I was a businessman. So I said, you know, her friend invited her. I said, you know what, I'll, I'll I'll go. That's after five times being invited, five times, fifth time I went. But guess what? I went. But guess what I was doing? Like a lot of people do, come to church and you just play the part. You go back out, you do the same thing. I said, wait a minute. This ain't working. But one day we had a goodbye devil service. Didn't understand a whole lot about that. Didn't know what that meant. But it was from that point on, that was my turning point. And guess what? I've been committed, dedicated ever since ever since here's the extent of my dedication was this I went home right after that I told all of my business partners that you know what we got to cut ties we can't do this anymore I got rid of those things that balanced everything out I went home and got rid of everything that held me back gave my life to Christ wholly, wholly, totally and fully from that day forward Got into the ministries. You know, I said, you know, man, I I, I just want to come to church. (laughs) This is the thing. When you give God your all, when you give God everything, he doesn't give you what you want, but he gives you what you need. I said, you know what, I just want to come to church. I just want to sit down and sit back. God said, you know what, here, I want you to teach kids. (laughs) You know, because you do come in contact with a lot of people. You know how to talk. (laughs) You know how to talk. You know what to say. You know, it's something about when we get saved, we kind of, you know, we're, wild, we're wilding out in the world. When we come, we get saved, we like to sit back like church house mouses. Don't, tell, I just want to sit here. Raise your hand. We get soft all of a sudden. Always say this take that energy, take that craziness, take how you were in the world, flip it around for the kingdom of God. Use it that way, use it in that way. What the devil meant for evil, take it, turn it around, and God'll make it good for you. Let me move on here. so these boys they believed and trusted God for deliverance. They had the all set the all in mindset, but they also believed with their all their hearts. they believed with all their hearts, everything that was in them. And you know everything that we do is an issue of the heart. You get this right and everything else follows. Everything else is right. So in this whole little journey, I began to get my heart right because before my heart was right, I would go to church, get out of church, go do the same thing. Every job that I worked, I picked up a new client. Picked up a new client. And I tried and tried and tried to get rid of that. And I said, you know what, God? Here's my life. Take my life. Use my life as you please. I submit it willingly. And God's done a miracle in my life. To the point where now I have three kids, four kids. I have a giant a son right here. <laughs> but God has really, truly blessed us. You know, going from the lifestyle I live, you know, where you know I can use this term my money was funny my change was strange I was using change but God has elevated me to a place where hey when you get your life right when you get your heart right I will bless you I will meet your needs God I started off with a $4.25 an hour job you guys are like man that's just five bucks but listen <laughs> but here it is this is how dedicated and how much I wanted to change my heart was open to God since that time, fast forward later, a few years later, 425, and then it went up again, and then it went up again, and then it went up again. And, and can I tell you today, I, I, I tell this story all the time, my son, i like, Dad, you're telling that story again?
1: <laughs>
0: but listen, it's a story worth telling because I want to let you guys know that when you give God everything, God will supply all your needs. You don't got to chase it at all. My wages are still increasing to this day. And you're talking about 20-something years ago. And guess what? The legal way. (laughs) The right way. So these Hebrew boys believed God with all their hearts, and this is what we have to do. Daniel chapter 3, verse 18 Listen at this, even when doubt, because doubt's going to come, fear is going to come, the devil tries to bring all these things to us. But listen to what they said in 3.18. It says, But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold. You have set up. No matter what comes our way, comes hell or high water, I'm serving God, is what they're saying. I'm going to stand on His promises. I know I believe in a God that will and can deliver us. And you guys know the rest of the story, how they put them in and, you know, uh, they came out with not a smell on them. You know, you guys don't understand that, but God did deliver them. And I'm saying to you today, Are you and have you given God your whole heart? Have you given God your whole heart? Have you given God everything? Have you allowed God to be in every area of your life? Not just the ones we see. Not just the ones we talk about. But every part of your life. Because that's what he wants. Did you know we serve a jealous God? And you thought your wife was jealous. Did you know we serve a jealous God? Did you know that he wants all of you he wants all of you. He wants your whole heart. He wants your all, your whole being. They gave all of themselves willingly to God. They also, they believe in the power of the Almighty God. Do you believe in the Almighty God? Do you believe in His power? Do you believe in His saving power? Do you believe in the resurrection, Christ, that we serve today? Do you believe in that? So my question to you this morning, is are you fully committed? Are you fully committed? And are you willing to sacrifice? Serving God, you have to do a lot of sacrifices. And are you willing to do that? So you got to ask yourself dedicated. Am I dedicated to Christ in all aspects of my life? Because guess what? When you're dedicated to Christ and you sacrifice for Christ and you're committed to Him, He'll carry you through. It doesn't matter what it is. It might look bad. It might look like there's no way out. But how many know that God has already given you the victory even before you even know how the victory is going to turn out or be? Our God is a consuming God. This morning, that is my time here with you guys. Give God a big, huge hand clap today.
2: Awesome. Dedication, commitment, it's important in order to serve God. And uh, I'd like to follow up with that awesome message that Pastor Tim um, came forth and convicted us on, right? We should be feeling conviction. Because anytime we come into the presence of God, there should automatically be conviction. Because God's presence is too pure and holy and we're not. So are we ready for some more conviction? Come on, are we ready for some more conviction? I I used to come to church and I used to say, man, God, what are you going to convict me on today? And that's how I I put my mentality and my mindset to know if I go to church today, I know God's going to speak to me about something.
0: And and, and I
2: hope it's convicting because I want to change. As men, we should want to change. But that goes against what the world says. The world says you're a man, you don't need to change. You're good. But I got two more steps when it comes to dedication that we as men really need to grasp onto. Now the very act of dedication, to serve requ- Oh, one switch. Is that better? All right, great. Sorry if I was blaring your ears out. I couldn't tell from here, but um it requires two more things. And those two things that we're going to talk about today are submission and patience submission and patience how many of you know that those are really hard things for anybody now we're talking about it in regards to being dedicated to serve others so how does submission and patience relate to serving others we learned about what it means to serve God it means you be dedicated to him wholeheartedly but how about taking it to the next level in serving others How many know that when you serve others, you put yourself in a vulnerable position? And we don't like to feel vulnerable, right? We don't like people to know our weaknesses. We don't want people to know where we're failing. But you have to be willing to submit yourself to others and their issues when it comes to serving others. And this requires patience. Now, some of you may already be saying, well, no, that's not for me. Leave that to the pastor or the care ministry. They can care for people all day long. I don't really want to deal with other people. But if we call ourselves followers of Christ, any followers of Christ in here? All right. Then we have to do what he did. And what did he do? He served. Matthew twenty twenty eight says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Serving others is not an option, men. If we say we are Christ-like, then why don't we serve? This baffles me sometimes because you say men want to be Christians, but they don't want to get involved in ministry. It doesn't make sense. It goes against the Christian lifestyle. Because ministry is service. But if we're honest, it's because of something that we as men all struggle with. And it all comes down to something most men struggle with. I'm not going to say all, but most men, if we're honest, we struggle with this. It's called pride. We as men don't like anybody to tell us what to do. And if I know I joined that ministry, there's going to be a leader above me, and they're going to try to tell me what to do. They're going to tell me how I have to dress. I like coming in shorts to church. I don't want to wear slacks. I don't want to tuck in my shirt. I don't want to wear a tie, whatever the ministry requires. No, no, I'm not in no ministry. Oh, but I'm a Christian. But see, I'm not willing to submit to what the requirement is to serve. See, we We, for honest, our pride doesn't like anybody to tell us what to do. But dedication requires submission. It's a requirement. It's not an option. It requires submission to God which Pastor Tim spoke about so well, but it also is a requirement to His Holy Spirit conviction. James 4, 7, submit yourselves then to God. Job twenty two twenty one, submit to God and be at peace with Him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. People want to prosper, people want to make money, here's the key, submit to God. God, how come you're not blessing my finances? Are we fully submitted to God. Because when you're fully submitted to God, you're taking care of God in His house. Guess what? He's going to take care of you in your house. 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that He may lift you up in due time. Let me tell you, you will find it hard to submit to any man or any leader or any pastor if you don't first submit yourselves to God. Well, what do you mean, submit yourself to God? Your mind, your heart, your eyes. What are you watching? Your ears. Oh, what music are you listening to? Your sexual desires. Oh, I'm a man. I'm supposed to feel this. No, but are you submitting that to God? Or are you just letting it direct you to wherever a skirt is? You see what I'm saying? I, I, we are uh, we willing to submit our whole, like Pastor Tim said, our whole selves to God. Maybe that's why we have a hard time in ministry if you're in ministry, because you're trying to serve people without submitting to God. And that's hard. I'm going to tell you that right now. If you're not submitted to God fully, it's going to rub you wrong when the leader asks you to go outside to the parking lot for the second service in a row. It's going to rub you wrong when your Royal Ranger commander says, hey, I need you to do this or go to the store and pick these snacks up. Why are you always asking me? Why don't you ask the other commander? It's going to bother you. You know why? Because maybe you're not fully submitted to God because when you're fully submitted to God, you're like, sure, whatever, what else do you need? How else can I help you? But once you've submitted to God in these areas of your life, then it gets easier to to submit to men. It's 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 not that hard really. When you submit yourself to God, that's the hardest part. When you're doing that, you're willing to follow another man. You're willing to submit yourself to the vision of your pastor. you're willing to submit yourself to the vision of your leader, even though maybe that's not your vision, even though maybe in your mind you think you could do it better, you're still willing to submit. Let's be honest, guys, come on., you know what I mean? we, we, we think like that. Oh, I wouldn't do it that way." And it's not submission, by the way, when you say, "Well, you know what, Pastor, I think what we should do instead, but it's up to you, you're the pastor. I mean, that's not really submission. If it's really bugging you that maybe the pastor's going down the wrong path, then pray for your leader, the Bible says. Pray for your leader and those in authority over you for they watch over your souls." So if you think something's wrong with your leader or your pastor or they're doing something wrong, pray for them. We need it. We need a lot of it. It also requires us to be submissive and submissive to our pastors and leaders as I was talking about because in order to serve others we have to be willing to answer to someone. That someone is your ministry leader and your pastor. Hebrews 13, 17 Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. It can't get clearer cut than that. Obey your leaders. Now, I know a lot of you guys right now are squirming because I said the word obey and submit in the same sentence. But really... It's not that hard for you guys. Let me tell you why. Because you submit to your bosses and you do what they tell you. I mean, in the NFL, the players do what their coaches tell them and the NFL, these guys are as macho as they get. But you know why they do it? Because they believe that their coach has a vision and is going to take them somewhere called the Super Bowl. Even if they don't like what their coach is telling them, they're going to do it. Sometimes, you know, men, we do what our boss tells us Because, oh, well, I'm going to get a paycheck I need a paycheck But wait a minute When you serve God, you get something greater than a paycheck you, you get something that you can't put a dollar sign on You see, submission to your pastors and your leaders It's really a choice And we should do it And we should do it out of respect Oh, there's another word, right? My gosh, obey Submit Respect Respect I don't like Pastor Jose anymore. But why do we need to respect our leaders and our pastors? Hebrews 13.7 says this, Remember your leaders because they spoke the word of God to you. You need to respect the people that God has placed over you because they're speaking the word of God to you, man. The word of life. The word that has saved your soul, that is saving your soul, that is helping you be a better father, a better husband, a better friend, a better worker. They're imparting it to you. See, your pastor has sought God for every message and Bible study and counseling session that he has had with you. They speak the word of life to you. And once you realize the importance of submitting to your pastors and leaders, then it's easier to dedicate yourself to serving others. But dedication also requires what I said earlier, which is patience. Patience is required when working with others, guys. That's a requirement. Because let me tell you, people aren't going to change the way you want them to change just because you decide to help them. You know what, I think I want to be a a ministry worker and I'm going to work with this person or
1: this individual
2: and then the first time they tell you no or they don't return your call or they ignore you at church and all of a sudden you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. But see, you've got to understand, their change may not come immediately. Now, we're talking about other people, man. Not talking about ourselves. We're talking about other people in the church. Their change may come in a lot longer time than maybe it took you to change. And can I tell you something? Don't use yourself as a standard. Please don't. If you think, man, it only took me two weeks to get fired up. What's taking this guy? It's already a month. Well, that's not you. That's them. And every person comes with their own set of experiences and trials and burdens and sins that they have to deal with and let God deal with. But it requires patience because sometimes it takes time for God's Word to take root in their heart. Maybe a little longer. Maybe a little quicker. I don't know. But here's the key. If we aren't patient with them and we give up on them or neglect them, what happens when you neglect things at home? It doesn't get done, but sometimes it gets worse. If you got a leaky pipe and just leave it right there under the sink for a while, what's going to happen in about a week? The wood's going to get warped. Your wife's going to yell at you. It's going to start to smell. You can't neglect those things. You see a leaky pipe? Oh my gosh! You know, either you call a plumber or I, I'm going to do what I got to do and fix it, or put a towel in the meantime until the pl- you start start taking care of things as quick as you could. But see, when it comes to people, we see leaky things. We see things we don't like. We see a mess. And instead of going to help, I'll forget that. I'm going the other way. Hey, pastor, that guy needs help. (laughs) And the reality is, is God has brought you here to help your pastor help people. (laughs) You see, if we neglect people, they fall apart. Did God bring people to New Harvest so they could fall apart? Or did God bring people so they can be fixed? I I know I needed fixing when I got saved. I needed fixing. Did anybody else need fixing? And thank God there were laborers here that spoke into our life. Thank God there were laborers here that spoke into us and gave us something to look forward to. I remember Pastor Reggie, You know he used to live real close to where I grew up. And uh, I remember he would see me and he'd be like, what's up man of God? And I'm like, and he's talking to me. And, and he'd be like, you know what? He'd always had good things to say. He always spoke life into my life. He always said, you know what? God's going to help you. God's going to help your family. And I used to be like, I don't know, Pastor. You don't know my mom. You don't know my dad. I don't know. You know, I used to think like that. He goes, no, you got to have faith for them. And he would always speak life into my life and into my situation. And it fixed me. I mean, you know, a kind word goes a long way kind word goes a long way but see sometimes as men we do what Pastor Tim says we just want to come and sit down and enjoy service but God's like no I brought you for a reason I want you to help other people we're talking about serving others right men do you care enough about other people that you're willing to wait to see the change in their life do you care enough about the new visitor and the new convert to follow up on them and encourage them and to pray with them and even say hey let me call them Hey, let me take you out for some coffee. Hey, you want to talk? You know, I, was, I, was, I remember when I was during COVID, I know I got to hurry up, Pastor, I'm almost done. But the, the honest truth, I remember there's nowhere to sit inside. And we, as you know, we didn't have our building. And, we, we, you know, we were renting a building, so we only had it for a few hours in the week. And I was like, where am I going to go? So I was like, hey, I know, we'll go to the parking lot of a, of, a, of a coffee shop. So we got the coffee and sat in my car. Are you willing to do whatever it takes to help somebody? Or are you going to say, oh no, it's COVID. I can't, I, can't, I can't minister to anybody right now. You see, scheduling other people into your life, and you're serving them. Without patience, you're not going to get to see the outcome of what you're dedicating yourself to. We have to have patience with people. We have to have patience with those people that God brings through these doors. Or you're never going to see the final product. You're never going to see what God intended for them to become. Don't get frustrated with each other, men. Look around. These are your brothers. Don't get frustrated with each other. Pray for one another. Help one another. We're here to serve one another. If you see a brother that's kind of like, my gosh, that guy, he gets on my nerves. Let's be real. We got those people. We got classifications in church. Oh, these are the good brothers. Those are cool. These, let me go the other way. But when you intentionally say, you know what, I want to try to break out of this. Because, I, you know,
1: Jesus, He
2: served everybody. I mean, even little kids ran up to Him and His disciples were all big and bad, They're like, hey, get these kids away from here. Get these kids away. And Jesus rebuked them, hey, man, let them come. Who do you think you are? That's the same way we need to understand God looks at us when we shine people on. God's looking at us and saying, why are you doing that? Let them come. Why are you choosing who to serve? Just because they they like the same football team you like. I mean, like anybody. Work with anybody. Serve anybody. Regardless how they look. Regardless how they sound. Regardless if you think you're going to have anything in common with them. Serve them. It's so worth seeing people change for the better and having a part in it. So let God use you. Let God use you by serving others. This is God's will for all of us. That we commit to God, and then when we're committed to God, that we commit to others. And that we're willing to serve others. And be willing to submit to your leaders and your pastors' direction. 1 Peter chapter 4.10, and I'll close with this. Each one of us should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Man, this is how we're going to reach our potential. We're going to reach our potential when we start serving other people. You're going to start seeing gifts birthed inside of you that you maybe never knew you had. I used to be a very shy, quiet guy. No, I'm serious. I was a very shy and quiet guy, and God brought me to church where I had to talk because people approached me and talked with me. And then when I got asked to be in Royal Rangers, I really had to talk because I had to teach kids. See, God will bring you to a place to fulfill your purpose. But are you willing to do it as you serve Him and as you serve others? Church, God needs men that are dedicated to serve others. Amen?
1: Amen. That's
2: all I have, Pastor Dan.